studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I get this, I saw that the theme park Disney California Adventure just reopened. That's right, you can, you can pay $75 to walk around the park and buy stuff, but none of the rides are running. The CEO of Disneyland was on the news to talk about it. Uh, check it out. We're certainly going to be operating under some significant capacity constraints, but there are still plenty of things you can do at the park, like pretend the urinal is Splash Mountain. <laughs> Just waiting in line. Invent your own ride by getting strangers to spin around in circles with you. Stand in the hot sun for six hours looking for shade. And have the kids pose with Mickey and Goofy on their smoke break. Oh, that sounds, that sounds fun. Is that true about the no rides, or is that just a setup for a bit? They're not open without I rides. I don't know. Um, uh, no, wait a second. I read the other day where you're not allowed to scream on any of the rides, including right, right. the California Scream and Roller Coaster, <laughs> which is just too fun. <laughs> oh, like California Dreaming. I get it. That's very clever. Oh, yeah. I didn't even catch that. Um, I, I like the way a, a number of counties, this is in California, because my local county just went to the orange tier from the red tier, which was a purple tier. Congratulations. But, but the schools still aren't open. The schools still aren't open. I like the way schools have become a lagging indicator. The last thing you're going to open, as opposed to the first thing, is the freaking school educating your kid. Unbelievable. Wall Street Journal, major article today. Schools have been open for months. Some schools, here's what they learned. I will tell you again, the conclusion is, if your school ain't open, it's for bad reasons, and the teachers' unions don't even look at your kids as humans. They're just commodities. They're just widgets to be moved in and out and money to be made. Love teachers, hate teachers' unions. Anyway. So this article in the Wall Street Journal, super interesting. Parent cities, teachers in many places continue to wrangle over how to reopen their schools. Meanwhile, teachers and administrators whose buildings have been open for many months have come to some hard-earned conclusions about how to make it all work. Um, masking, ventilation, distancing, regular testing when possible. Simple as that. They also point out that some of the once-lauded tactics, such as daily temperature checks and deep cleaning of surfaces, have become lower priorities, meaning don't even bother. They've also learned that teachers, not the students, are likely the primary transmitters of the virus in grade schools, that children are likely most at risk during lunchtime, and that tools such as portable air cleaners and carbon monoxide monitors can help. That's all about ventilation. Good ventilation really helps uh, avoid the disease. It's practically impossible to get the COVID in good ventilation or outdoors. They uh, mention uh, bah, 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 hybrid learning, for example, where students split time between the classroom and home may actually be riskier in some cases yeah, than full-time in-person classes. That doesn't surprise me. Because kids are potentially exposed to more people. They're in different environments. And it's likely fine for the students to be three feet apart from each other instead of six, something the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention noted when they changed their guidelines on Friday. We talked about that then. Long story short, the teachers aren't getting it from the kids. The teachers might be giving it to the kids, but the kids are fine anyway. Virtually no deaths among young kids. Those that happen, obviously, are a tragedy. We're not discounting that. But statistically, it's practically zero. Now, they mention in a very measured statement, the knowledge, all that stuff I was saying, along with the speedy vaccine rollout, could mean most places will be back to full-time in-person classes by the fall. By the fall. Oh, my God. Most places will be back to full-time in the fall. 
Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. So they uh, profile a couple of different school districts, including Marietta City Schools in Marietta, Georgia. They went wide open. Everybody was fine. They had a couple of outbreaks. If anybody got the vid, they isolated the kids in the class. They would stay home for two weeks and remote learn. Then they would come on back. Everybody was fine. There are no cases of big, nasty, dangerous outbreaks. And where outbreaks occurred, it was often... They traced it back, and I I could bore you with the science, but it's interesting and and pretty sound. It was often on remote learning day, if they had remote learning on Friday, when the teachers would get together in the teacher's lounge. They would give it to each other. They would take off their masks, masks, and they would give it to each other. Teaching little children in schools does not spread the COVID. It does not kill anybody. So uh, on the COVID, but a different topic, I thought this was a really interesting rundown I came across from uh, somebody I don't know. Let me get into my phone and try to figure this out. Um, and it's the the Florida conversation about uh, how Florida did compared to everybody else. And that, that like I've said many times, I, I hope there are multiple Ph.D. papers done on this whole thing when it's over and economists and health experts and mental experts and all these people, we learn something and we have kind of a playbook if we ever need to do this again with some data to back it up. But this, you know, that might happen, but I bet you won't hear about it because it'll be covered in the blizzard of spin. Yeah. This guy named Derek Thompson, he writes for The Atlantic. Uh, he tweeted this out yesterday. How liberals and conservatives are getting Florida wrong. I think, I think his uh, encapsulation of conservatives getting it wrong is misleading, but here I'll hit it for you. One, liberals and a lot of public health experts were wrong. They predicted COVID would especially ravage Florida, given its YOLO policies. You only live once. An elderly population. Florida, letting you do whatever you want. Uh, Spring breakers and and, uh, no masks and going crazy. Restaurants open. But the state is still officially reporting fewer deaths per million than the national average in nearby states. It's huge. It's absolutely huge. And then he says this, conservatives are wrong. There's a lot of chest beating about how the Florida economy is kicking ass. But as far as I can tell, its economic performance is kind of like its pandemic performance, much more average than the national narrative would make you think. I would say that that's a huge win. If it turns out Florida's about at the national average for the economy and they didn't shut down, that's a huge win for human beings getting to make their own decisions. Sure. So that's a win. It doesn't need to be better. You didn't need to get a better outcome than everybody by not shutting down. If it's the national average for for other states that shut everything down, that's fantastic. Wow, interesting. And that the way that argument is shaded, it makes liberty an opt-in. You've got to decide to permit liberty as opposed to liberty being uh, an opt-out, and you better have a GD good reason to take away my freedom. That's completely bass-ackwards, the way that's put. Right. My conclusion, based on the data that he dug up for the Atlantic, would be there was no need to shut down. Look at Florida. They didn't, and they had the same result, better than the national average results of states that uh, shut down a lot more, and their economy was just as good as anybody else's. Yeah, and better than, than quite a few. And you got to live your life and make your own decisions. Yeah, that's wild. That writer is making you justify living your life, staying open, conducting your business. That's not the way it works, chum. I found this interesting to that topic, uh, a poll done by uh, Emerson College and, and others. Uh, da, 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 six television stations surveyed a 1,000 Cal Unicornians across the state. 
and asked them, would you eat indoors at a restaurant at this time? It was pretty split. About 44% said yes, 49% said no. Unsure, 7%. Why don't you think about it for a second? <laughs> would you eat inside in a restaurant or no? I just don't know. I, 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 don't, I don't know. Finish the survey, come back to this question. I, I, don't, I don't know. Maybe you'll well, have clarity I got, then. I have a minute. No, picture, I have a minute. Picture yourself at the door of a restaurant. Would you go in or not? I, 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 I don't know. How long like do you need corona. before you know? Yeah, at what point? If I were to sit here on this park bench, <laughs> what time today do you think you would know? <laughs> I, I, would you I don't know. go? Would you go to an outdoor sporting event at this time? This kind of surprised me a little bit, but we've uh, proved over and over again people have no idea what they're talking about COVID-wise because they've bought a lot of the uh, inaccuracies of the media but uh would you go to an outdoor sporting event at this time 43 yes 46 no i would say 100 percent yes absolutely right now the crack of the bat full the capacity the crowd. you'd go to a full baseball stadium right now mm, i wouldn't full mm, i wouldn't yeah, sit would. in those seats with shoulder to shoulder with people and somebody right in front of me and right behind me i just i wouldn't yeah i would no problem uh, having flown back and forth across the country and, and vid-free. Well, you just got the vaccine, though. That's an unfair comparison. Well, no. You're, I, feeling, I, I you're feeling like Superman. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. Trust me. Half of me hurts and the, the other half I can't feel. Um, <laughs> you're wearing a cape, which is a weird uh, tell. <laughs> it's flattering for the bigger man. Uh, Marge, where's my fat guy hat? No, I'd say that had nothing to do with my answer. Just being outdoors, I think you're fine. More than 61% of the younger people said they would not eat indoors, while nearly half of those 50 and older said they would. But you're at the ballpark. The shuffling through the concourse at the end of the game. Jam, the urinal trough. The urinal. No, 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 no con- troughs, concerns. please, please. Um, Unmasked. Okay. Yeah, I'd be slightly concerned, but I'd go. I'm I'm slightly concerned about a lot of stuff, but I would still go. Are you planning to get the uh, the vid shot? Yes, as soon as it's available. Forty seven percent, yes, but not right away. Twelve and a half percent, no, I don't plan to get it. Is only twenty percent, and twenty percent already have had it. So that's that is wild. It's eighty twenty, yes to no. Those numbers have really changed. Um, how would you rate California's COVID-19 vaccine rollout and distribution? 9% said excellent. 34% said good. I'm less, uh, I'm less interested in that than the, uh, are people going to resume their lives and can we get the economy up and going in America as a whole? We threw out some, uh, stuff about proposed gun laws, the Second Amendment, all that sort of stuff. Uh, mental health. We got a whole bunch of texts on that. I could run through a few of those when we come back. People's attitudes pretty much the same as every other time we go through this. I was just looking up at CNN. CNN's uh, reading is that it's unlikely anything of any note will happen on gun legislation, which I'm surprised that they're they're, they're giving up one day into Biden's speech. Yeah, wow. If CNN's saying that, that's notable. Yeah, it is. I think it's just the numbers. Uh, anyway, uh, more on all that on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
referring to a new study eating breakfast before 8.30 a.m. may lower the risk of developing diabetes, but it doesn't count if you were out drinking until then. I know. That's unhealthy. That's binge drinking. <laughs> uh, they're still partying like crazy in uh, Miami. I, I saw a report, though. There, there's spring breaking craziness going on all over the country. You don't, you, know, you don't have to go to Miami to get drunk with college kids. I don't know if you're aware of that. If you're a young person, there are all kinds of different places you can do that sort of thing where you're less likely to get your head bashed in and they don't shut the place down at 8 o'clock at night. Um, We've been doing this show for a long time. There have been a lot of mass shootings in the amount of time we've been doing this radio show. Sickening. It is sickening. And the, uh, the pace sometimes makes you think everything's falling apart. And then it'll go away for a little bit. The pandemic made it go away for a little bit. And we've had two pretty big ones in uh, less than a week, which I hope this isn't a trend to come. Uh, but the guy in Colorado, it would seem, based on a number of things I've read, was pretty dang crazy. Uh, his um, his sister said he's a nice guy, but his brother said, no, nah, he, he was paranoid, he was scared, he thought everybody was out to get him, he thought his... His old high school was spying on his phone and his Facebook page, and I mean, just stuff like that. He attacked, and some old high school buds said he had a serious anger problem. Too. He attacked a kid in high school just randomly out of nowhere and got kicked off his wrestling team for yeah, when yeah. he lost a practice match and flipped out and said, I'm going to kill you all and yeah. stuff like that. So, you know, he, yeah. he, had, he had a number of problems. I wish there were a simple way to, to keep guns out of the hands of people like this. Um, a certain percentage of the country is is fine with taking guns away from everybody to make sure people like that don't end up with guns. That's not going to happen when you have a Second Amendment. But anyway, we we throw out a whole bunch of different stuff, and I'll just hit run through some of the texts that we got on the variety of topics that exist. Um, I think people need to understand that they don't need a gun to commit an act of terror. You can take the gun away. Uh, I don't want to bring up any scenarios, but there are all kinds of different ways a lunatic can find of doing something horrible to a whole bunch of people. You don't need a gun. Um, uh, on the idea that uh, being able to personally own a handgun, the Heller ruling from 2008. I lived just three blocks from Seattle's Chaz. The police station had been abandoned, and the cops were all busy. If I had needed to call 911 during that time, there's no way the police have gotten to me in time. This is why I own guns. I was mentioning how you know, the uh, various protests were going on all over the country, including the city I live by. People were smashing up stuff downtown. I thought, you know, maybe I ought to buy, buy some more ammunition. You never know what's going to happen. And there was a damned waiting period. Well, the crisis is now. Right. And I'm a man with a clean record living in the United States of America with the Second Amendment. So I, I don't know how that squares. Um, uh, gun violence could only be eliminated... If someone could go back in time and uninvent the gun, other than that, criminals will always get their hands on firearms to commit crimes, so I'd like to have a gun to protect myself. That's the view of a number of people. Mm-hmm. I went to high school in Southern California in the 80s. We brought our guns to school, and our principal is okay with it as long as we kept them on our cars. That same high school today uh, has a rifle team to this very day, but I'm sure you're not bringing your guns to school. Now we live in a, in a, with a, with an attitude that just, you know, if young people could see a gun, they're just climbing over each other to get their hand on it and kill all their classmates. Right. Right. Always this argument. If more people had guns in that store, that guy not, would not have killed as many people. Well, that's indisputable. That's absolutely indisputable. 
the the problem is not guns. I understand if you could somehow eliminate all guns, uh, then then there wouldn't be gun violence. But that's never ever ever going to happen. So shut up about it. What you have, what you have to have for the murder to play, take place, is the will to murder. We were talking about the psychology of the of it. There's something going on in our culture. It it became a possibility, something that you could consider doing. Um, I, I like that the names aren't being mentioned as much anymore. Uh, the picture I don't I'm not seeing the picture as much anymore. We seem to have made headway on that. I wonder if in your psyche, if you're a certain sort of, per, sort of person, just the fact that you did something that is notable is all it takes. You don't even need your picture, your name. I made a dent in this world. Yeah, I, I achieved left a something. mark. Mm-hmm. I left a mark. I'm not completely insignificant. I left a mark in this world. I wonder if that's all it is. It needs to be. Well, and you combine that with the fact that people are just not as invested in their communities anymore. Their community is virtual or it's online or it's their favorite TV show as opposed to the neighborhood, the church, the civic organization, the rest of it. So the idea that you would commit some sort of horror in your community was just unthinkable because you knew everybody. And it would be embarrassing. You think of you, you, you picture your, your, you know, your, your Boy Scout leader or whatever being so disappointed in you. That could make a huge difference. Sure, not to mention your family would be humiliated and, and probably run out of town. You would never do that. Right. So it's it's a complicated stew, man. God, I would say. I would say. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, yeah, it's true. Disney is opening without rides. Uh, Okay. What, are you just, like, buying $15 hot dogs? And they sold out their $75 tickets in, like, an hour, so... Kids, uh, let's go get a $12 lemonade. Yay! I don't know if people didn't know that the rides weren't open or if they're cool with that or what, but... I mean, there's stuff to look at, but... I don't know. I'm the wrong guy to ask. I hate crowds, so Disneyland freaked me out. I got I haven't done the Florida one since I was a little kid. Epcot and all that stuff. I've never been to, to never been to a Disney property. Wow. Wow, do you just hate happiness or what? It's the happiest that kind place of on earth. Explains your disposition a little bit. Yeah, yeah, Sean, what he said. Yeah. Oh, speaking of laughter, listen. I, this is this is a bit of an audible at the line. Omaha, Omaha. Give me, give me freaking Kamala Harris, which uh, clip number fifty. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> but um, I have before, and I'm sure I will again. That nervous laugh of hers is so weird. I, I've known I've known more women than men that do that, but I've known a few people in my life that that just if they're nervous they laugh, and it, it's weird until you figure that out. That's what's going on. I I knew somebody I was friends with. It took me a while to figure out: Are you crazy or no? It's just if it was a pressure situation, they would laugh. <laughs> And I think Hillary Clinton had that. Kamala Harris has got that. No, Hillary's was different, I think. Hillary's was an effort to seem human. She was like the Joker, not the fun Joker, the scary Joker. Well, her polling had showed that people thought she was a, an evil ice queen, and so she was trying to humanize herself. You remember that? There was one week where she would laugh on all of her appearances. It was clearly she had a note card in front of her. Remember to laugh as if you're human. 
But Kamala does that all the time. It's it's off putting. Hey, Kamala, don't you think you should go to the border? <laughs> hey, there are thousands of kids in a facility built for two hundred and fifty. That's a humanitarian nightmare, Kamala. <laughs> Don't you think she should have a plan? Even liberal news is saying you should have a plan. <laughs> America's greatest comedian, Kamala Harris. <laughs> I was that little girl. <laughs> She's the Dr. Hibbert of American politics. <laughs> little kids are sleeping on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Parents, uh, desperate parents are throwing their kids across the border. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Where were we? Ah, oh, yes, that's right. Did you have to tease something? Or? Oh, that's right. I'm such an idiot. Sorry. Um, <laughs> next hour. Joe, you're doing great. Nah, I'm an idiot. Trust me. I've known me longer <laughs> than you have, Sean. <laughs> hour number three of the show. Blockbuster feature. If you can't listen live, grab the on-demand podcast later at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Everybody from the president to the pope and in between is talking about income inequality. What you are hearing is largely fictional. Never mind what policies should be passed in response to it. The question as to whether it exists, you've been lied to. I uh, just came across this uh, breaking news out of the Chicago uh, news area. Peoria, their schools named after Thomas Jefferson, Calvin Coolidge, and Charles Lindbergh are to be renamed. See, so, yeah, there's oh another God. There's another school named after Thomas Jefferson that can't uh, continue. That's something. That's just so stupid. You people are stupid. You leaders in Peoria, you are ignoramuses. You have a child's understanding of history and not a very nice child either. Anyway, more on that uh, later. Of course, I'm a little bitter. I interviewed for a radio job in Peoria. I think it was like trying to get my first job in the industry. They wouldn't have me. So the question of will he play in Peoria was no. The answer was no. Uh -uh. So new latest approval ratings out um, from uh, Reuters. Biden's still enjoying a bit of a political honeymoon. His net approval rating is about plus 14 in terms of being uh, upside down or not. The immigration issue could bog him down, though. Uh, 65% of Americans in the recent Reuters poll approved of the president's handling of the pandemic. 65%. I think that's just one of those things are getting better, so the president's getting credit. Fairly right, or not, largely just continued the Trump policies. But anyway, so sixty-five percent on that number, he's got to be happy with that. Fifty-two percent said the same regarding the economy. On immigration, Biden in the red at forty-one percent. And this poll was taken, you know, uh, the end of it was several days ago, and it's much worse now, and the media is much more on it now. So he could go way low. If it's at 40, in the low 40s now, he could be in the 30s or 20s in a matter of no time on the immigration issue. Yeah, you know, I haven't taken in as much lefty media the last several days. I've had a couple of uh, projects I'm doing around the house. Um, you've been watching, though. Like, ABC's yeah. gone pretty big on the border, right? Yep, ABC is covering it in full. Um, a lot of people are. So, well, it's, it's a horrific, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough situation. Yeah, yeah. All right, complete change of topic here. Sports star accused of multiple counts of sexual harassment, sexual assault. When you hear these stories, 
I do it, you do it, everybody does it, you can't help it. As you hear it laid out, you try to figure out, is this legit or not? And I'll tell you, this one's kind of tough. Deshaun Watson is the quarterback for the Houston Texans. Terrific football player. He's been accused by 13 women since last week of sexual harassment, mostly massage therapists who are alleging he touched them, one at a time, obviously, uh, with his penis, exposed himself. That's a kink. Harassed a woman trying to get her to perform oral sex. Uh, here's another touching her with his penis, making sexually suggestive uh, comments, etc. On and on and on it goes. Okay, so thirteen different lawsuits against him now, all filed by one attorney, mm. which is interesting. Although he says he's just put out the word, if Deshaun right. Watson has done this to you, give me a call. Now, uh, Watson has, oh, some of the uh, accusations are being given to law enforcement. They're going to investigate. Watson has denied any wrongdoing and said that he had rejected a baseless six figure settlement demand. And this is about clearing my name. And I look forward to doing that. Huh. So he's done the full on, no, I didn't. And I will clear my name. He said, quote, I have never treated any woman with anything other than the utmost respect. That's really interesting. Yeah. I don't know anything about this guy, so no, I don't either. Um, I wonder if this lawyer will have some sort of press conference where a bunch of tearful gals will talk about Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, introducing them to little Deshaun. Is he the guy that played down in Florida and had these kind of situations down there? Or am I thinking of someone? No, else? you're no. thinking. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, we'll have to see how that one unfolds. I do not know, Jack. You might be interested in this. You're you longing for a tattoo, but. You have the wisdom of an older man realizing what seems like a good idea today doesn't always seem like a good idea. I'm not anti-tattoo. I'm just anti-every idea I've ever had for a tattoo. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I'm in the same boat. My daughter and I have talked about getting a tattoo together, but I just can't come up with anything I think is worth inking into my skin. Mm. Or, you know, I think of what I would have done at age 20, age 30, age 40, age 50. It'd probably be a different... uh, decision that I would like now. I can think of the direction I was leaning when I was in my early 40s. And I would not like that idea now. So, I mean, <laughs> I, you know. Yeah, the only thing I've, I've thought of is some sort of family unit tattoo with initials or something to my kids. Of course, if it's not somewhere where anybody's going to see it, it doesn't really make any difference. So what I, I went with uh, ultimately was uh, just uh, an anchor. And I had them do the anchor so it immediately was faded and blotchy looking like I got it on a Navy ship in the 40s. <clears throat> but the reason I bring this up is there's this... Uh, New York tattoo parlor scheduled to open later this month that says the ink they use will fade in about 15 months. Oh, cool. So it's a yeah. one-year tattoo. It's um, unlike traditional tattoos where the ink is designed to resist being broken down by the body. The inks they use are designed specifically to break down over time. Yeah, what a great idea. I'm surprised that nobody thought about that before. Uh, for now, black is the only type of ink available at the parlor, so they'll have to do it with fades and grayscales and stuff like that. But artists say they can get similar effects by strip, stippling or cross-hatching the ink into the design. Ah, oh. interesting. Yeah, the so ne- yeah, I could see getting a tattoo that's only going to last about a year. The New York Post uh, interviewed the owner of Red Rocket Tattoo in Manhattan about the new type of ink, and he clearly wasn't a fan. It's totally against what tattoos stand for. The permanence, the commitment, the rebellious spirit, he said. 
Okay. Everyone in my age group is going to laugh at this and say it's not for strong people. It's not the real deal. All right. Apparently unaware of the irony of saying everyone in my age group and rebellious. <laughs> Anarchists of the world unite. <laughs> I'm not sure how rebellious, you know, uh, upper class chicks at expensive colleges, all of them have them. I'm not sure how rebellious it is at this point. Yeah, Exactly. Exactly. Uh, I think it was Michael J. Fox once said, not having a tattoo is my tattoo. Yeah, I think you stand out more for not having a tattoo right now. Yeah, I think so. A couple of my kids have tattoos. Uh, And and they're both actually, well, my son's a little wacky. (laughs) But uh, my daughter's tattoo is really cool. She's got a couple of them. They're really neat. But uh, I'm not anti I just haven't chosen to get one for a for a tattoo that's just a year. I might go full neck tattoo then. <laughs> wow, <laughs> what are you spider web all the way around my neck? Oh yeah, teardrop. <laughs> I'm probably up in fights all the time. I don't want to do that. No, no. Make yourself look like a real bad a. You got the uh, you got the bald head. You just yeah. uh, go with the whole. I'm a. Of course, you've been mistaken for a white supremacist a couple of times. That's funny. I got, I told that story yesterday. I'd never told my wife that story of when the uh, the Nazi tried to recruit me at the library. Yeah, yeah. Well, and she like thought I was unbelievably slow to pick up on what was going on. She probably thought <laughs> she, probably, she. My wife said he probably thought we don't want him. He's not. You're awful dumb for a Nazi, is what he was thinking. <laughs> I'm sorry. You might be a Nazi, you're just but you're not neo. You're just not neo-Nazi material. You are a moron. <laughs> Nazi Germany. You're a well, Nazi and a moron. Listen, I've done everything but ask you: Do you like Hitler, and would you like to be a Nazi? And you just haven't picked up on it. But I explained to her it's because I've I've had two encounters in the library, and that was the second one. The only other one was a gay guy. Uh, hitting on me. So my first thought was this guy is a gay guy hitting on me. It right. took me a while to catch on that he was a Nazi and trying to recruit me to the Nazi party, not, uh, you know, man on man, uh, love. He wasn't <laughs> exactly. trying to recruit me to that. Two totally different parties. Oh, very different. Although actually the original Nazi party, there was quite a bit of the other yeah, thing that's, going that's on funny. too. I told my wife that a lot of the original Nazis were gay, so. Wow, I might as well have just been there, part of the conversation. I missed it. Uh, Coming up, more on the great work disruption that COVID has been. People working at home remotely, will it continue? To what extent will it continue? Are people happy, unhappy? Really interesting and counterintuitive stuff. We'll get to that. The uh, income inequality lie, all sorts of good stuff. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, later in the Armstrong and Getty Show, I don't know what hour we're going to get to it yet. Probably hour three. Um, this white people are evil by nature narrative that seems to be so comfortable for a lot of the media could end in disaster. Is nobody worried about this? Uh, I, I people who get swept up in a cult don't think about the oh outcomes. My God. They don't think about the damage that can be. Oh done. my God, the history of that sort of thing. But anyway, I don't want to get off on it now. We'll talk about it <clears throat> hour three. 
Yeah, it is amazing, and and some major publications are engaging in it too. It's just it's sick, sick. Uh, this is interesting to me. Oh, the the great lie of income inequality. Next hour, stay tuned for that. But uh, Microsoft did a gigantic uh, survey of tens of thousands of people in thirty one countries about working and remote work and that sort of thing. The uh, this is unintentionally hilarious. This is Microsoft now, right? I'm looking at this study on a PC running Windows, and this web page won't lay out correctly. I can't read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just too much. But uh, conclusion number one, flexible work is here to stay. Employees say they want the best of both worlds. Over 70% want flexible remote work options to continue. And 65% are craving more in-person time with their teams. What percent? <clears throat> 65%. That's right. I should, you know, we discovered this years ago, but we failed to implement it 90% of the time. Say what you're talking about before the number, because the number's not the least bit interesting till you know what someone's talking about. Here, here's the way it ought to go. 30% of you will be dead by the end of this hour. What was that percent again? <laughs> 66, I'm sorry, the percent percentage of business decision makers who are considering redesigning physical spaces for a new hybrid environment is two-thirds. I'm kind of surprised it's just two-thirds. Well, I suppose if you're running a hamburger joint, you're not. I would just think from a cost-cutting standpoint, businesses have got to be seeing dollar signs everywhere about having less office space. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, a high percentage of workers, 70 per, I'm sorry, 65% say, "Now nah, we ought to be physically together sometime." I would agree. I think that's that's very important. Will product will so we've heard a lot about uh people are actually more productive from home. And uh a lot of businesses I'm sure thought, "Okay, so I can get a little bit of office space and people are more productive." Some of that, especially in bigger cities, is because you get like an extra two to three hours a day where they could work. Even if they spent half of that time working and half of that time loafing, everybody wins in that situation. Right. But, but will that continue or will there be an evening out over time? Will people continue to be more productive from home? That's a good question. That's a, a perceptive question. I congratulate you. I do not know the answer. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> uh, conclusion number two that they is came that up with. That sort of praise is the only thing that keeps me going. <laughs> uh, conclusion number two. Leaders are out of touch with employees and need a wake-up call. Many business leaders are faring better than their, their workers. 61% of leaders say they are thriving right now. 61% which is 23 points higher than those without decision-making authority. Wow. Uh, they're also reporting better relationships with colleagues than their workers. They uh, feel better about leadership. Um, they're I, uh, earning the, higher incomes. Also, as we've talked about, and this has got to be true, forming a team that never meets of people that don't know each other has got to be completely different than a team that has been working with each other for years all of a sudden managing from home those are two completely different things yeah so how do you how do you establish those relationships uh without them being around each other all the time i don't know how that works i don't think you can i I think that's extremely hard to do you will never have the same sort of relationship can you imagine coming in being the new guy someplace 
my daughter just went through this very thing. You're the new guy someplace in uh, when everybody's working remote. Everybody else knows each other. How would you get to know anybody? They would. They would. That'd be so weird. You'd feel like such a third wheel outsider sort of person. Yeah, and without revealing too much, she uh, got a great opportunity and is going to move on from what she's doing right now. And she wrote a very nice letter, blah blah blah, uh, explaining that and got back. Yeah, okay, go ahead, more or less. Um, which is just so weird. And yeah. she's, she's kind of hurt by it, honestly. Uh, let's see, another conclusion I wanted to get to. Ah, uh, to be young when you, when you cared about those sorts of things. Ah, uh, yeah. And not yeah. bitter like when you're older and they don't care if I'm leaving. I, 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 I don't care if they don't care. I mean, everything's fine. F me, <laughs> F you. Exactly. <laughs> High productivity, Jack, is masking an exhausted workforce. Uh, let's see. How many respondents said their employer doesn't care about their work-life balance? One in five. That's it. It's, what? Well, they, they don't care. No. 54% feel overworked. 39% feel exhausted. Yeah. I feel exhausted right now. Yeah, but are those numbers much different than they were five years ago? Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. That's an interesting question again, and very perceptive. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody agrees they're spending too much freaking time in meetings. Yeah, well, that's always been true too. Yeah, yeah. The average meeting has gotten ten minutes longer than it was in person, and in person it was insufferable. Really, meetings have gotten longer on Zoom. Yeah, huh. nobody wants to wrap it up. I guess I do. Armstrong and Getty.